It says it, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, Till she had brought forth her firstborn son. I want you to understand what's happening there in verse 25. He knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And and he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. And for a few moments this morning, I'm just going to probably talk to you about the beauty of Christmas. The beauty of Christmas. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. The Lord is already in this place. Amen. And I'm thankful for his presence that I feel. And uh, lest we forget, amen, Christmas is not about presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. It is about his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. E-S-E-N-C-E. His presence. Not about the presence that may be under a Christmas tree. Not about the presence that may be uh, stashed in you know, your, your parents' closet or wherever they hide it from. You where you can't find it. It's not about those kinds of presence. But it is about his presence. Amen. It is about the presence of God. Coming into our lives and into our world. Amen. And us experiencing him and understanding the, the changes that take place, that must take place if he is to stay in our lives. And if we are to make room in our lives for him. Amen. There must be changes and there will be changes that take place. Amen. There's going to be a lot of things that happen uh, when he comes into our lives. Uh, and a few of the things that I want to point out today just. Uh, talking for a few moments this morning about a few components that we we find here in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18. Number one, uh, and this is jumping to another uh, verse of scripture. If you have a sister Jean, it's Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. Luke chapter 1 and 38. And I'm going to go there with you today and I want to point something out to you. And we'll probably actually go a few verses before. Luke 
And I'm going to just actually jump back to uh, verse number 35. And this is a similar, uh, this is a, a different account told by St. Luke, the gospel according to Luke, about the same story we read in the book of Matthew. And the angel answered and said unto her, talking to Mary, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And verse 37 says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. I'd like us to say that verse together. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. One more time. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And the very next verse is Mary's response, amen, to what the angel of the Lord tells her about that she would bear a child. And her cousin Elizabeth, who was barren, uh, had actually been pregnant for six months. In verse 38, Mary says, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. Her response to the word of God in her life. Amen. Was behold, I am your servant. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. In Mary's response was a response of complete surrender to doing the will of God. Amen. There's going to be times in our own lives when God speaks to us and God gives us direction and God speaks something to us. And at the very beginning of hearing the word of God, nothing of it, no part of it seems to make sense. There is no earthly sense sometimes in the word that God speaks to us. But if we will have the response, amen, today, like the Virgin Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, was behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Amen. When you hear something from God or God speaks to you through a preaching or, or you hear something from the teaching of the Word of God and sometimes it doesn't quite sit well with your spirit but you know it's it's biblically based and there's scripture for it. Amen. Our response should be God, I am your servant. I'm going to remind you, God, that I'm just the handmaid of the Lord. I am the servant of the Lord. And I'm not going to question you, God. I'm simply going to surrender to you. And my response is, God, let it be unto me according to thy word. God, whatever you've spoken into my life, let it, God, come to pass. Let it come to pass in my life. If, God, you spoke to me, God, that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, God, I'm not going to be the one to try to question God, but I'm going to be the one that says, God, I'm your servant, and let the word of God happen in my life, just like you spoke it. Just like you spoke it. Amen. It is a response of surrender, a a response of humility. It's not an argumentative or a combative or a questioning spirit that Mary had. Amen. And we're not here to worship Mary. Amen. If you want to worship Mary, you got to go to another church down the road. We're going to worship Jesus this morning. 
Amen. But there are some beautiful characteristics and some qualities in, in Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her response was not an argumentative response. Amen. She didn't say, well, uh, you know, I need to see, uh, you know, ten different scriptures. If God's speaking to me, I'm just going to receive his word. Amen. I'm not going to try and say, well, I, you know, you don't understand, Jesus. You don't understand, Lord. Uh, I'm still a virgin. You don't understand. I, there's things in my life that it's not possible for me to be impregnated. Uh, you don't understand. It's not possible for the will of God to happen in my life like you're speaking it. To. Amen. But her response was, I submit to the will of God. I submit to the will of God. I submit myself to the word of the Lord. And there still must be in 2018 and in 2019 some people of God that submit themselves and they say, God, I just want the perfect will of God for my life. God, I'm just going to submit myself. I know that I've not yet known a man, but God, if you say I'm going to be a child, then somehow you're going to make a way. And I'm going to tell you today, no matter how impossible the situation looks in your life, if God's given you a word and all you've got is a word from God, you can step out in faith and say, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm in the will of God and God's going to make a way for me. God's going to provide. God's going to have his way in my life. I'm not going to try and debate and figure it out and call five friends and blog and get all the different perspectives and Google. I'm just going to say, God, whatever your will is for my life, I receive it, God. I receive it. I want to tell you today that one of the things, and we still have some young people here this morning, and some of us like to think we're young. But as a young person, I remember very well, I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to, people to think that I was cool, that I could, I wanted to feel like I could go up into any conversation and fit in. Just kind of rub shoulders and kind of just jump in on the joke and keep carrying on. I wanted people to look at me and like me. Amen. In other words, at, at, at a youthful age, at a very youthful age, you want to have that reputation. Uh, you, everybody wants to be liked, accepted. They want people to think highly of them. They want them to think that they're cool. They want them to think that they're funny. Everything's going good in their life. They got money. They got this. They got nice things. And perception is very important, it seems, as you're a very young person. How many can agree to that? Perception is very important to young people. Amen. As you get a little bit older, you're not looking to have the latest pair of Nikes. You want to get the pair of Clarks that are the comfortable shoes. I'm telling you, it's happening to me. Amen. I didn't know about Clarks and Echo and some of these other really comfortable shoes until I you know, got into my 30s and started having feet problems. Uh, but your per- perception is very important. And I'm going to tell you today, at Mary and Joseph's young age, rep- their reputation was at stake. Their reputation was at stake. I don't know if you can think back, if you're a little bit older, if you're currently in this stage in life, uh, and the thoughts that would go through your mind if you had gotten somebody, if you're, if you're a male, if you got another young girl pregnant, 
out of wedlock. Or if you're a female, you, you got pregnant out of wedlock. And, and if it's happened for some, it's under the blood and we move forward. But the stigma that's there, the, the load that you bear, the things that go through your mind, man. Everybody's going to look at me different. They're going to look at me sideways. They're going to, they're going to view me uh, as questionable. They're not going to respect me. And, and you, all of these different things come into your mind. And I'm going to tell you, no doubt, some of those things probably may have come into Mary and Joseph's mind. Amen. Mary and Joseph, as they were engaged, uh, as they were uh, having, that rela- having a relationship, uh, communicating and talking and spending time with one another, and suddenly the angel shows up into Mary in Mary's life and says, "You're gonna, you're a child, Amen. You're gonna bear forth a child." And she says, "Well, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not even married yet. I'm still engaged. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't. I, I haven't yet known a man." Uh, and her reputation was at stake. What are people going to think about me? And I'm going to tell you today. Some of you are wondering, what are people going to think about me if I if I surrender myself completely to doing the will of God? What are people, what are my friends at school going to think about me if I really, if I really sell out all to the Lord and I really give everything to God? Amen. What are folks around me going to think? Am I going to be cool? Am I going to be accepted? And all of these different questions come into your mind. Amen. But the most important thing, like I mentioned a moment ago, is doing the will of God. And doing the will of God is not always the easiest thing. It's not always the easy. It's not always the easy road. It's not. In fact, it's not a road lined with roads. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a road that's just beautiful. Sometimes, sometimes it's a dry, dusty road that you gotta walk down. But you know, as you're going down that road of life, I am in the perfect will of God. I'm in the perfect will of God. He's gonna sustain me. God gave me a word. I'm gonna walk uprightly before Him. I'm gonna do what God told me to do. Others may question what I'm doing. Others may doubt if I'm in the will of God. But I've got a word from Him. Amen. I've got bills to be paid. I've got all these relationships that might be falling apart. Amen. I've got people questioning me. But I'm in the will of God. I've got a word from the Lord. I've got a word from Him. And if you've got a word from God today, there's nothing in hell that can stand against you. If you know I'm in the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God. Amen. You can go through every dry desert. You can climb the highest mountain. Amen. You can battle and defeat anxiety and stresses and worries. Amen. Because you take it to God in prayer. And you say, God, here's my needs. Here's my fears. Here's my worries. Come. And I'm doing the will of God. So you've got to help me. You've got to help me. You've got to help me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was once upon a time engaged before I got married. I know what Joseph and Mary a little bit, what they were probably experiencing. If a few months into being engaged, Brother Frank, my wife would have come up and said, uh, I'm pregnant. It's not from you, though. Uh, well, we might have to talk to Pastor Shoemake or Bishop Camarina or somebody, get some counsel. And I wonder what that conversation was like. As Mary said, Joseph, uh, I'm pregnant. You are? 
I'm not married yet. What's going on? And she began to tell him about the angel of the Lord. Amen. There's a lot more we could talk about there. But truly, Mary did find favor with God. She truly did find favor with God. Maybe Joseph was already, maybe he was thinking of, uh, you know, ending the engagement and leaving her. Uh, but could, because the Bible says he was minded to put her away privately. privately. Uh, there was a lot of things that this young couple was no doubt dealing with. Amen. But I'm going to go back to if you have the word from the Lord. If you know, no matter how hard it is, no matter what's going on, if I can just find his will, if I can just get right in the vein of the movement of the Holy Ghost, God's going to figure it. God's going to help me to, to work through this situation. Mary had to trust in God and know that God would make a way for her. Amen. It still requires trust in the Lord and knowing that he is going to make a way for me. He's good to make a way for me. Amen. I don't know how, but I know he's going to do it somehow. Amen. There, there's, there's, there was a time in my life, amen, where uh, I was in our first years of marriage and my wife got sick. And uh, we were living there in the Bay Area. And, and uh, because of her sickness, she had to stop working. And if you know anything about the Bay Area, it's very expensive living there with the rent and everything and the... The price of homes, it's super expensive, and it's very difficult to make it there if you're not <clears throat> two people working or one person making a lot of money. And I remember thinking, man, how are we going to make it? It's going to be hard. I, I need her income. And it wasn't but a matter of time after she had <clears throat> lost her job or quit her job because of the sickness that God gave me a promotion. It was almost the exact amount of the salary she was making. It was one thing after another, amen. But uh, and I, there was times in my life in, during those years that you know you kind of question, am I am I still in the perfect will of God? Is this exactly what God has for me? Because things are getting difficult now. Now I've got to trust the Lord to make a way for me. And, and I remember uh, God coming through again and again. And then even after she had quit her job, she was able to still get health care, and it was free of charge because her job was uh, had blessed with that. And uh, through the process of time, uh, they, her job came back and said, you know, it's been a year now, um, Shannon, and we're going to have to discontinue the health insurance because you're not, you haven't been working for a long time. And I remember, you know, things were, you know, uh, I remember thinking, man, that's like another, you know, a big chunk of change I got to start paying for monthly. And then I got a, a, a raise for that exact amount. And, and God just made a way over and over again. And God proved to me that uh, if you'll just be faithful in the things that I've called you to be faithful, and I'm going to see you through, I'm going to make a way for you. And God is always doing that for his people today as we are putting our trust in him. You may say, well, I haven't given my tithe that I'm, I'm going to see if God will not come through for me. And you say, well, I got a little bit of uh, income from the state or I got a little bit of income from uh, from the, the fast food or the warehouse where I work or wherever it will be. I'm going to give my 10 percent. I'm going to see if God will not come through. I'm going to see if God will not make a way for me. And you can watch it every single time as you give your tithe and offering and you're working and you're doing your part. And you're being faithful. Amen. God will make a way. God will come through and God came through for Mary. God came through for Joseph. Amen. God can turn amen, everything around in your life today. Hallelujah. But if you've got to have the favor of God, there's something to be said about having the favor of God. Amen. Mary found 
favor with God. And you and I can get the favor of God upon our lives. Amen. God can give you favor today. Amen. God can give this church favor. God can give this church favor. You say, what does that look like? I'm going to tell you what it looks like. Amen. You can be the one that's least educated on your job. And there can be a there can be massive layoffs. They can they can lay off the doctorate. They can lay off the those those with the master's degree. And God can promote you because you've got the favor of God. I've seen it. God do it time and time again. Amen. That I've got a friend. Amen. In the Bay Area. And it seems like when there's layoffs at his job, they're they're firing the physicists. They're firing those with the master's degree, and they're promoting him. And they're promoting him over the physicists. They're promoting him over the doctors. They're promoting him over the higher degree people because the favor of God will see you through. Amen. The devil does not make the rules. He lives by the rules that God creates. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Trusting in him. Having the favor of God. Amen. Being favored of the Lord. Uh, scripture here. Here in the book of Matthew. There's a scripture here and it's, it says, Joseph, thou son of David. This is the angel also speaking to Joseph. Joseph, thou son of David. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. And I want you to pay special attention to what the words of the angel was to Joseph. He didn't just say, Joseph, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. But he inserted in there the lineage of Joseph. He, he, he emphasized, Joseph, I want you to remember Joseph. You are a son of David. I want your mind to go all the way back to the promises made to David. I want your mind to go all the way back to, to what God spoke to grandma, what, what God spoke to the prophet, what God spoke to the elders in your life. I want your mind to go all the way back. And I want you to remember that there's a promise upon your life. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to remind yourselves, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. Wait a minute, God's got his hand upon my life. I've got to understand who I am in God. I'm a child of the King. I'm a son of promise. I'm a son of promise. And God does not go bad on his investments. God does not leave his people hanging by a thread. Amen. God does not leave his people abandoned and lost and alone. Amen. You've got to even sometimes remind the Lord, God, I want you to remember you made a promise to my dad. You made a promise to, to my mama. You made a promise to, Lord, to, to the those that have gone on before me. I'm a son of promise. I'm a son of promise. Thank you, Lord. God, I'm your child. How many times? And you told that to God in prayer. Wait a minute, God. I'm your son. And I got the Holy Ghost. God, I was baptized and I got the name of Jesus upon my life. God, wait a minute. The scripture says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want God, I want you to know, Lord, you spoke a word to my life. And you're able to see me through, Lord. God and God was 
speaking to Joseph. The angel spoke to him and said, Joseph, you're a son of David. There's some promise upon your life. Do not fear. Amen. What others may think about you. Do not fear what others may think and talk about you. Amen. Because you've got promise upon your life. And this church, amen, when you spoke in tongues, when the Holy Ghost came, and you got baptized in Jesus' name, and you danced, and you shouted, and you worshiped Him, and you said, I'm going to be faithful and giving, and you, you entered into a covenant relationship with God, you became His child, He became your father. And there's no need to fear. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 There's no need to fear. Joseph, remember who you are today. Remember who you are today. Remember the promises made. Remember that we're, what, heirs and joint heirs with him. He's not going to let the ship go down. He's not going to let you fail unless you want to fail. You have a promise. Joseph's threefold obedience was, number one, taking Mary, probably against what his friends told him to do. If you were in Joseph's situation, some of your friends would say, man, that's kind of, you know, do you believe that? I mean, she's pregnant. You probably should break that engagement up. But instead he took Mary. And number two, the second part of his threefold obedience. We read it in verse 25. He married her. And he didn't consummate the marriage until the baby was born. That's some obedience. That's some self-discipline. That's some Sometimes that's it's sometimes I'm telling you it's difficult to do the right thing. Sometimes it, it goes against your grain, it goes against your nature. But God wants us to be obedient to Him. And God wants us to trust in Him. And the third part of that threefold obedience that Joseph displayed was naming the child in faith. He may, like others, have felt humiliated. Because according to Jewish tradition, it says that you name the child after the father or someone in the family. And this child was not named Joseph. This child was named Jesus. The name Jesus probably reminded Joseph that this is not of my flesh, but truly of the spirit of God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it is a walk of faith living for God. Amen. It requires faith in living for God. It requires absolute trust in God. God, I do not know why I'm going through what I'm going through. And I do not know how I'm going to get to the other side. But I'm going to walk in faith. God, it goes against everything that's in my being. But I will trust in you. I will walk in faith. And God, I believe you're going to see me through. Hallelujah, the name of Jesus reminded Joseph, amen, that it's not by flesh, but it's by the Spirit of God. If you want to see the promises of God come to pass in your life, get out of your stinking flesh and get in the Holy Ghost and begin to pray and say, God, I need 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We can jump, if you will, for a moment to the book of Revelation. When John the Revelator, the Bible says, was on the Isle of Patmos. He was on the Isle of Patmos. It was a dry, it was a deserted, it was a prison, it was a stony place. It was a difficult time for John the Revelator. Amen. But in the book of Revelation, amen, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit. It was in the most difficult time in John the Revelator's life. In the Isle of Patmos, that hard, stony, dry, amen, captive prison. Amen. He said, I got in the Holy Ghost. And God began to speak to me. And God began to talk to me. I'm going to tell this church what we ought to do more than anything else in this day. Is get in the Holy Ghost and allow the Word of God to speak to our lives. I still want a word from Him. Oh, let's clap hands and worship Him. Come on, let's put our hands together and give Him praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's probably one of the biggest problems in church today. Amen. Is that so many of us are living in the flesh. And we never quite get ourselves into the spirit. We never quite launch headlong into, into the realm of the Holy Ghost and allow God to move and allow those tears to come down our cheeks and allow, amen, uh, that snot to come down if you will and allow those your muscles to shake because you're praying so hard and allow the sweat to come down from your brow because you're praying so hard. In the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost. And I believe every time Joseph saw that baby Jesus, he was reminded, it's not of my flesh, but it's of his spirit. And that's the only way that this mission gets accomplished is by the spirit of God. Not by works, nor yet by power. Not by might, nor yet by power. But by my spirit. Saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and worship Him this morning? Oh, my Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 
Hallelujah. Even now, God's prodding the hearts of His people. Even now, God is prodding the hearts of His people. There's a call to enter into the spiritual realm of the Holy Ghost. There's a call that's going out this morning for folks that will launch headlong into the realm of the Spirit and say, God, give me a word from you. Oh, Come on, let's lift our voices, church. Come on, lift your voices, church. Come on, lift your voices this morning. Oh, somebody let the Holy Ghost speak out from your lips. Come on, somebody let the Holy Ghost loose in your life. Shata Mayata Rabo Shata Oh, 
My spirit is for everyone who will accept it. These games you play will not be tolerated for much longer. Heed my voice. God, we worship you today. 
receive it today.
pray right now, Lord, that you would set your